Hi, Mama. Welcome back. I am so excited that you're here today. Today, we're going to dive into the postpartum period, and we're going to talk about some anxiety and depression that might come up during that time, and then just some tips about how to do it better. I know it can be such a challenging time, and so I just really want to share some of the things I've learned And I hope that I can help you, whether this is coming up for you soon, whether uh, you're going to have another child in the future, or maybe you're still in the middle of it and you just need someone to talk you through it. And I'm going to share some of my stories of uh, my postpartum experience. So I really hope it's going to bless you today. Before we jump in, though, I just want to say, if you've been blessed by Morning Mama, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode or of the show and share it in your social media. Now, I know I'm not uh, showing up on social media too much these days. It's uh, not my favorite thing, but you know what? Social media can be really powerful. And when you share that, it just gives this free resource to other moms that might need it. And it can just help spread this to those moms that might feel alone, that might feel lost, that don't know what to do. And so please just take a moment, pause this episode, take a screenshot and go share it on your social media. And if you do want to know where I'm showing up, I hope that you have joined our Facebook group. Uh, So this was previously called Morning Mama Collective, and now it is called Mental Health Support Group for Faith-Led Moms. Make sure you jump in there. I really would love to meet you and hear your story. And it's just so good to be surrounded by other moms who are walking through the same stuff. Just to remind you that you are not alone. We are all struggling with so much of this. And so make sure you're coming in there and engaging and getting to know some other people because I believe that it's going to bless you and help you on your healing journey. Remember, we can't do this alone. We are not created to do it alone. We've got to be surrounded by some other people to walk with us through this. So I can't wait to meet you and let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. So, I'm I'm kind of excited to talk about postpartum today. I know it's uh, such a challenging season, and that's why why I want to talk about it. I just want to normalize some stuff and uh, just get out there some things that that you might be struggling with. So, first, I was very unprepared for the birth of my first child. You know, I remember going to the dentist shortly before he was born and the dentist said, hey, you know, just make sure, you know, during this postpartum time that you are brushing your teeth every day. (laughs) I just like laughed at her like, okay, why are you telling me this? I always brush my teeth at least twice a day. Like, I I don't understand why you're saying that. I thought it was the funniest thing until my son came and I realized exactly why she had said that you know, in this postpartum period, there is no night, there is no day, you know, it can be so easy to go days without showering or changing your clothes or brushing your teeth. 
everything is flipped on its head and there is no normal anymore. Any routines you had before the baby came don't work anymore. And it can feel like such chaos. There is so much newness, so much change happening. And so I just want to take a minute to talk about some of those things that are happening. You know, these are probably things you've experienced and know about, but to name them can just help you understand like why it is that hard, you know? When you look at all these things together, it just forms this clear picture of what's happening. So, you know, first of all, you have your body has just gone through this insane, amazing, but insane event that for a lot of moms often involves, you know, some kind of trauma, whether it was, you know, having an emergency C-section or having to have a C-section at all or extreme pain or any other number of complications. And during that that process of labor, you know, you often go without sleep for a long time. You know, sometimes it's days for people. And and during that, a lot of uh, people, especially if you're giving birth in the hospital, don't eat anything during that time. And so you start off this new life with this new baby, having not cared for yourself for a, a good portion of time, your body's exhausted. You haven't slept. Your body's physically exhausted and needs sustenance. There, you're just like starting this, the biggest moment of your life on depletion. And then on top of it, you know, you have this brand new, beautiful baby that, you know, you expected to just feel all this love towards and you're so close, but this baby doesn't know night from day. It doesn't know when to sleep. It doesn't know when to eat. It is just in complete disarray to your normal routines. And even if you've had a baby or multiple babies before, every baby is so different, needs different things, is born with different challenges, you know, and then if you are trying to breastfeed, so often that comes with many complications. And so you're trying to navigate this new thing, whether you're a first time mom or not, you know, depending on the child and if there's tongue ties and lip ties and all these things that can really contribute to issues there. And then of course your body is all over the place, right? Your hormones are going everywhere. You might have stitches or other healing happening down there that you got to take care of. You know, if breastfeeding is a struggle, there can be a lot of pain. Your nipples can bleed and scab. Um, you know, you can get night sweats. You could get clogs and get mastitis. Goodness, there's so much. And even if you have adopted your child, you know, your body might not be physiologically going through these same things, but you are getting to know this whole baby. You're going through all of the things about learning about how to care for this child. And adoption comes with a whole other slew of emotions and things to process. And so regardless of the way you became a mom, this season can be so challenging. And I know I had a really hard story as well with my son. You know, I was so unprepared. I had started reading this parenting book that had some good stuff in it, but I had kind of grabbed hold of this concept that, you know, it doesn't have to be hard, that the baby is going to sleep. If you teach it to sleep and you do these certain things and go through these steps, everything is going to be fine. And so I grabbed hold of that and kind of almost erased out of my memory that there would be nights where I'd have to wake up and feed the baby. And I kind of clung tight too tightly to that this would work immediately. And then if I just 
pushed hard enough, it would, you know, magically help everything. And so I went in really believing everything was going to be fine. I hadn't taken any uh, childbirth classes, any breastfeeding classes. I just assumed it would all go so well. And then my son came and, you know, my labor was hard. Praise the Lord, there were no complications, but I just had no idea how to care for this child. You know, he would be crying and I didn't know if I should feed him or if he was tired. I didn't know how to put him to bed. I I just was all the time confused about what to do. And then breastfeeding was really hard, especially with my son. And I had decided when I was like a young kid that I wanted to breastfeed my kids. I don't know where I got that idea, but I had felt it for so long. And if you know me at all, you know how determined I can be. And so I was determined to make it work, even though it was not working. And we found out, you know, uh, a week or two in that my son wasn't getting enough milk and I was in extreme pain. You know, my nipples were scabbed and bleeding. It was not pretty. And on top of the pain, I just had this constant fear that my son wasn't getting enough milk, that he wasn't ever, even once I started seeing a lactation consultant, that I just couldn't get it out of my head that he wasn't getting enough, even when I was supplementing. Like, it was just this fear in the back of my mind. And I developed so much anxiety from all of these factors. And, you know, even when someone would be able to take him, my husband or one of my parents, to take him while he was crying in the night or whatever, I still could not sleep at all if I could hear him crying from the other room. And even even if he wasn't crying, I could barely stay in the other room. I felt like I had to be with him at all times. And then when he was, you know, sleeping right there next to me in his bassinet, I cannot tell you how many times a night I would wake up and check, put my hand on his chest to check if he was still breathing. It was a constant fear. I just had this belief, like so many of us first-time moms do, that he was so fragile and that any moment he could be very hurt and he could die. And I had all of these thoughts coursing through my mind. And I, you know, which when I would try to go to sleep at night, I would get this sleep paralysis. If you've ever experienced it, it is so terrifying. It's where your mind wakes up, but your body is still asleep. So you can see clearly, you can think clearly, but you can't move your body. And it just feels so terrifying. And so I would have that, I would try and go to sleep at night and I would have that again and again and again throughout the night and not be able to get any kind of real sleep. So I was just full of anxiety, so sleep deprived. And, you know, with that, I was so irritable. You know, I, everyone else, you know, was concerned for what was going on with my son and we were trying to figure everything out. And so, you know, if he would be crying, sometimes someone might ask, well, maybe he's hungry. And you might've experienced this. You know, I knew probably he really wasn't because I had just supplemented him with a bottle and, you know, whatever. But I, instead of trying to explain calmly, I would get so furious because I felt like it was all on me. It was all my fault if anything went wrong. And so I would, someone would say that and I would storm up to my room and slam the door. And I was so angry with everyone around me during that time. So this, this time that is supposed to be, you know, so filled with joy, so filled with connection and beauty and goodness, you know, really was the opposite. It was so hard and overwhelming. And I was in the worst place that I had ever been. And I share all of this because, you know, I want you, if you've ever experienced this, or maybe you're in the middle of this right now, I want you to know that you're not alone. You know, there are so many other moms that are there with you and it can be really normal. 
I do want to say, though, I don't believe it's how it has to be. I believe that God has given us freedom from this. And if we can prepare ourselves, we don't have to live in the thick of this. And no shame if you are struggling with this. I just want you to see that there is hope. It doesn't have to always feel like this. There is something else that you can get if you lean into God and lean into faith and use some strategies to care for yourself during this time and to educate yourself. So first, I'm just going to go over some of the signs that you should look for to know if you are really struggling with this, because sometimes it also can, um, you know, always our circumstances are going to be a little complicated because we have a new uh, creature in our home, a new human in our home that is disrupting everything. But sometimes also our hormones can be so out of whack that it is really affecting us and we might need some medication to help us. So some things to watch for. Now, you've probably heard of the baby blues and the baby blues are thought of as, you know, this period right after you have a baby, usually a couple days, maybe up to two weeks where you're just down. You know, you just went through this event. You haven't slept. You know, you're this big change has happened. And so it can be really normal to feel um, disconnected from your child or feel down in those first days after giving birth. But some things that might indicate that it might be something more is one, if it lasts past that two weeks, but also if there's some of these more extreme symptoms going on. So one of these can be if you just have a complete lack of interest in your baby. And I want to start by saying, you know, we often imagine that we will immediately be bonded with our children, that when they come out, it's going to be, you know, the best moment of our lives and we're going to feel so close. And I don't believe that's how it always is. You know, I think so often that bonding takes time and it's going to come over the period of caring for this child and getting to know this child. So I want you to know that, but you know, if it's, if it's more extreme, you know, you just have no desire to, to care for the child. And, and that is just a pervasive element in what is happening and that it, it lasts a long time. That might be a sign that there's something bigger going on. Um, another one is just feelings of being a bad mother. And if this is just taking over your every day and you can't see past it, this could be a sign something is going on. And another big one to just watch out for is um, having a fear of harming the baby or yourself. Now, just because you have that fear doesn't mean that you're going to do it. I know I had that fear and I've heard it so common to just have this fear that you're going to accidentally drop the baby. Or, you know, sometimes I know, you know, I believe just as much as there's a God in heaven that loves us, there is an enemy that roams the earth. And the Bible talks about how he comes to kill and steal and destroy our lives. And so I believe he often whispers these lies in our minds to derail us. And so because, you know, so many of us have heard those extreme stories of the mom um, killing the child or hurting herself, you know, it gets into our mind and we think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like that. And so I just want to say, if, if you have those worries, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen, but it is a good thing to talk about with someone. Start with your husband if he's a safe person. And maybe that means going to a therapist and talking about it. You know, you don't want to ignore it, but just because you have that fear doesn't mean that it is going to take over. You know, it could just be the enemy trying to steal more of your joy and cause fear and disruption in this time. But it is absolutely something to look out for. So some other symptoms. So we'll start off with symptoms of depression. So 
the postpartum time doesn't have a separate diagnosis. So you can look at like a traditional depression diagnosis and, and see if that is coming up, that the, what the difference is, is that it's going to, the depression is going to come either during pregnancy or in the postpartum period. And you can go back and listen to my episode all about depression for a little bit more information, but just briefly some things to watch out for um, that might be indicators of depression is, you know, depressed mood, of course. So this would be nearly every day, sad, empty, hopeless, tearful, it can be also a loss of interest or pleasure weight gain or weight loss, which, you know, can be a little tricky in postpartum to track. Um, Loss of appetite or increase in appetite. Again, this can be tricky in postpartum to track. Trouble sleeping or sleeping too much. Obviously, that is also disrupted in postpartum. And you can start to see why this can be such a struggle for moms. You know, even every element that keeps us healthy is off. Our eating, our sleeping, you know, there's so much that is thrown off in this postpartum period. Some other ones are difficulty being still or being so sluggish that other people just watch you and can tell that you are moving slowly. Uh, It can be extreme fatigue, you know, not necessarily related to the lack of sleep. Feeling excessive worthlessness or inappropriate guilt. I know this can be a huge one during that time. Difficulty concentrating and then thoughts of death or suicide. So if, if this sounds like a lot of what is going on with you, and you know, one of these does not mean that you are depressed, but all of these are indications that you should press into this. Have some conversations with people. Let people in on this journey. You are not supposed to carry this all alone. Talk to your husband. Talk to another mom that's been through this. Talk to a therapist. Make sure you're not doing this alone. And then briefly, just to go over some symptoms of anxiety so you can identify this as well, excessive anxiety or worry. So, you know, that's why I, in my story had talked about, I really had a lot of postpartum anxiety. I was constantly worried. It was taking over my life. Difficulty controlling your anxiety. So just not being able to, you know, use your normal, maybe techniques that you have to control your anxiety, like deep breathing or uh, reframing your mindset. If it is so out of control, it's taking over. That can be an indication of something bigger. Feeling restless or on edge easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or your mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance. And then some other thoughts that are specifically related to postpartum that can be some symptoms of postpartum anxiety, racing thoughts, heart palpitations, hyperventilation, sweating, nausea or vomiting, shakiness or trembling, so if, if a lot of that sounds like you, you might be struggling with some postpartum anxiety. And I'm not here to diagnose you. I am not an active therapist, but I'm sharing some of these so that it can help you look at your life and see what is going on. Because again, I am not big on diagnoses. I don't believe it's a label that you carry around. I just believe it's a way to understand what might be happening. It's this human construct um, to kind of bring clarity to things that we go through. So if this sounds like you and you are really struggling with this, I really encourage you, uh, find a therapist. I'm going to link some in the show notes. I love my restoration therapist. It's the theory that I really believe in. So please make sure that if, if some of these are a big thing in your life that you are seeking help, it is so normal, but it doesn't have to be. And I think the biggest thing with all of this is just knowing that you are not supposed to carry this alone. You're not supposed to carry those feelings alone. 
the more that you can voice what is going on in your mind out of your mouth and to someone else, the better you're going to feel. Because when it's just trapped in your mind, those thoughts start racing and and getting bigger and bigger. And as soon as you speak them out, you're either going to realize, wow, that is crazy. I know I actually don't believe that. Or your someone else is going to be able to help you recognize, hey, you know, that's that's a really intense thought. Let's get you some help or let's talk about that some more. And it's just going to help you take control over what is happening inside of you. You can't just keep it inside. And I know I've shared about this before, but how I was healed from my postpartum anxiety, you know, it was, I always talk about how God is the source of all healing. And so it was a combination of me vocalizing what I had been feeling. Hadn't really talked to many people about it. And I went to a women's conference with my crying baby and I really missed most of the message, but there was prayer at the end and I went up and I, it was terrifying. I did not want to go up, <laughs> not want to talk about what I'd been feeling, but I went up and I told this person that, Hey, I constantly am worried about my child. I feel like I'm a horrible mom. I, I can't sleep. I really didn't get that many words out because I just started crying, but she got the gist of it and she started praying for me. And from that moment, I went home and I could sleep again. Now, I still struggled with some of these thoughts and, you know, God has worked with me over time on healing them more, but vocalizing them, saying them out loud to someone else and allowing God to heal me because I I sought his healing. I, I put it out there and I believed in faith and someone else joined and believed with me. There is so much power when someone comes into your world and believes with you. And so God healed me in that moment. Now, God doesn't always choose to heal us in that way. And, you know, mine happened in that moment as well as over time. But starting with sharing your thoughts with someone is so key. And so that's my first tip. I'm just going to go over six kind of basic tips, but really that can help you thrive more in this postpartum period. So you might know some of these, but maybe they're, they're a reminder to you. Maybe some of them are new. And this is my first tip. Share out loud what is going on internally for you. You know, I had all of this guilt and fear wrapped around feeding my son. And I, I had all these beliefs that my husband, you know, didn't want me to be breastfeeding, that he just wanted me to stop. And that he, you know, thought I was hurting my son, you know, because I wasn't feeding him enough, all of these fears. But when I talked to him about it, you know, none of that was true. You know, he was worried just like I was, but he didn't want me to stop. He believed in me and what I was trying to accomplish. And all of that was wrapped up in a bunch of lies. And so when I got that out and I talked to my husband about it, there was so much freedom in that. So whatever you're feeling, please talk to someone. Okay. The second one is two. You need to go in knowing that nothing will work or look the same. Nothing, not your relationship with your husband, not the house, not any of your routines, not your relationship with your firstborn. If this is your second, know that every single thing in your life will be disrupted. And if you expect that and know it, it's going to be a lot less shocking when it happens. You know, especially if you're a planner, just plan for that. Just know this first two, three months is going to probably feel like complete chaos. Now, if you grab a handle on it, maybe you have an easy baby or, you know, you're practiced at this and you develop some quick routines, maybe it won't be two or three months. But if you plan for that, then you are going to be more prepared for that season. 
All right, the third one, you've probably heard this one, but I just think it's so crucial. Get dressed, shower, brush your teeth every single day because there is so much chaos. Because everything is in disarray, you're going to need some sense of normalcy. Now, this is not showering so you smell good for people or look pretty. This is for yourself. You've got to take that moment to care for yourself. Do not skip this. Have your husband watch the kid. Have someone that's helping you watch. If you cannot find someone to watch the kid, put the kid down for five minutes and go shower. You need this to just to remind yourself that it's not all about the baby. You are a human that needs caring for too. And even though sometimes staying at home in our pajamas can feel a little bit good sometimes, when we do it every day, it really can cause some more feelings of depression. You know, just there's something about this mentality when we put on, you know, our real clothes that, that we, it boot, lifts our mood a little bit. It helps things feel a little bit more normal. And so wherever you're at in this journey, or if you're just preparing for your next baby or your first baby, make sure to make a plan to do this every single day. Okay, the fourth one, make sure you get outside every day, even if it's just for a few minutes. I know how easy it is just to stay in your bedroom with the baby you know, you're feeding them, they're sleeping, you're sleeping. It is so easy to just be trapped inside for days on end, but that really can contribute to more feelings of depression. You need to get outside, get the fresh air, get the sunlight. It's going to, again, boost your mood and help you have some sense of normalcy. So go for a walk with the baby. That's one of my favorite things to do because I'm getting that exercise, you know, even in postpartum when you're not supposed to exercise unless you're on, you know, extreme bed rest. But you know, if you haven't had that many complications, you can go for a walk. That is some exercise that you can do. And that is so healing. Or if you don't feel up for walking, go sit outside with the baby just for, you know, 10 minutes a day, just get out and see the sunlight. And, you know, maybe you're having the baby in some extreme weather. And if that is the case, you know, I I live in Southern California, so I really I'm always talking from a skewed perspective. So if this is you and you live in some extreme weather and you've had your baby in those seasons, hop into the Facebook group. I would love to hear what you do to try and get that that outside fresh air during those times. Um, You know, I think an idea would just to be go even stand by a window and open it up and let the cold air stream in and just get that freshness. Just feel, remember what the outside feels like or bundle everyone up and just get out for a few minutes. Okay. My tip number five. So this is so helpful for me. Um, have a plan for sleep. So I know everyone has their different theories about what they believe they should do with their babies. You know, I have talked about before, I am a big fan of taking care of babies. She has um, like a gentle sleep training programs, especially when you start young. It's so gentle, you know, but whatever you use, have that plan in place. And, um, you know, I'm talking about taking care of babies because that's what I have used. But what has was so great about her plan when I had it with my daughter and she has a newborn packet and it talks about what to expect, how to get the baby on like a a flexible, loose routine from the first day. Like I literally started it in the hospital with my daughter. doesn't mean I was letting her cry, but I started getting her on this routine because you know what that does? 
it relieves so much anxiety. So, you know, once I know, okay, I have to feed her every three hours or whatever it is, I have to feed her this many times a day. You know, I have to, she's probably going to get tired after, I can't remember how it is when it, with a newborn, like 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. And she's going to need a, a nap of about this long. It just brings so much peace because now if she's crying, I have a good idea about what's going on. Now there might be something else going on, but that can eliminate that some of that uncertainty. If I know, okay, she's probably tired. And then if, if I try and give her a nap and that's not resolved, then I'm like, oh, maybe there is something else going on. But it gives you this basis, this structure to see things from and to walk in. And, you know, I think we all thrive on structure. Even if you're someone that loves to be spontaneous, we all need some form of structure. And so giving that structure to yourself, even more than the baby, I think is so helpful. And, it, you know, it also just provides so much education. Like I remember when I, you know, I started the taking care of babies and I'm not even an, like affiliate or anything, guys. I don't even know if she has that. I really just believe in it. It's helped me so much. But with my son, you know, I started it with him when he was about two months old. And from it, I learned that when he wakes up in the night, you know, if he just lets out a couple seconds of crying, it does not necessarily mean that he is awake. And that helped me so much because I remember until I learned that, you know, he would make noises in the night or he would start crying and I would immediately jump out of bed and grab him. And I think oftentimes because I did it so quickly, I was probably waking him up. Um, you know, if you go to the like taking care of babies, uh, Instagram, she has videos of babies that, you know, they are crying in their sleep, but then they go right back to sleep. They, they literally never woke up and it can be something really normal that babies do. And so taking that anxiety off of me was so helpful because now I know when to get him up. You know, she gives such specific timestamps like, okay, after 30 seconds, if he is still crying, get him up. You know, he's awake. And that was so freeing for me. So whatever, whatever plan you want to use, doesn't matter. Um, you know, even if you're not wanting to sleep train, like, like do any of the crying, even for short periods, I still recommend finding some toolbox to use and getting them on some form of routine because having those regular naps is going to just set everyone up for success. And really with my daughter, I started her, you know, in the hospital on this routine and I really never had to sleep train her. And I know I also, she's just an easy baby. So I, I don't guarantee this for everyone, obviously, but when I started at that young age, I've never had to let her cry because she just already is getting enough sleep. She's already on this routine that, you know, science has shown this is what babies need, the kind of rest babies need. And so it's been amazing. So I could go on and on about sleep training. I, just am obsessed, but I will move to my next point. Number six, get help. So let people buy you meals. Let people watch your kid. If people reach out and say, Hey, let me know how I can help. Tell them they want to help and you've got to accept it. You cannot do this on your own. This is huge. Like we talked about, your body is going through so much. Your baby is making everything a mess. Every routine is just disrupted. Emotionally, you're going through a lot. There's just so much. We, we already went over this. You have to ask for help. You have to let people help you. So let people buy you those meals. Let your parents watch the kid. Let your friends that you trust watch the kid. Ask your husband to cook splurge on the takeout. You know, if you have the finances to do it, don't 
have any expectation on yourself in this postpartum period to do anything besides caring for yourself and caring for the baby. Don't expect yourself to cook. Don't expect yourself to clean, to work, any of it. You know, if you don't have the finances to get takeout, you can ask someone to pick you up a rotisserie chicken and one of those salad bags and some Hawaiian rolls. I mean, that is like the easiest meal of all time. And just make sure you're eating too. I know that can be tricky postpartum, but make sure you are getting that sustenance for yourself. Your body needs it. Another way to ask for help too is to hire a lactation consultant. I have uh, had some tough breastfeeding journeys with both of my kids, you know, especially my son, but my daughter as well. And hiring a lactation consultant was the best thing I could have ever done. I there are so many reasons I'm not going to go into it today, but I am going to link my lactation consultant, and she is an expert in a lot of things and such an amazing resource and she can do zoom consultations or phone calls. So no matter where you live, I highly recommend her. She is absolutely incredible and she has helped me successfully breastfeed both of my kids. And here's the thing, her biggest thing, you're going to love this if you're in the middle of this and you don't know this, breastfeeding is not supposed to hurt at all. So if you're experiencing any kind of pain, it's not how it should be. So please give her a call. It is worth it. And certain insurance, it is free. So please don't let that stop you. Okay. And then the last one, and sorry, I went a little long today. I'm obviously very passionate about this topic, but the last one can be obvious, but we got to talk about it. Got to give yourself and everyone around you extra grace. This is a hard time. You know, if you have kids that are, you know, this is not your first baby, got to give them extra grace. This affects them so much too. You know, their parents are now preoccupied with a completely other child and they're used to being the only child. You know, your husband too. Everyone in the family is affected by this. So make sure you are heaping grace onto this situation, especially on yourself. Again, don't expect anything of yourself besides taking care of this child and taking care of yourself. Those are two non-negotiables. The rest is completely negotiable. And while I believe this this period might always have some challenges in it, I do believe if you go through some of these tips and you prepare yourself, that you can have a joy-filled postpartum experience. That doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, but you can do hard things. And if you prepare yourself, I, I believe it's going to be a beautiful experience. But if it's not, if you're in the middle of it, if you're relating to a lot of the hard stuff we talked about, please reach out for some help. Please get a therapist, have someone to walk through this with you because you should not do it alone. I love you so much, mama. And I'm believing that God is going to speak to you and give you a gift of an amazing postpartum period. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.